Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tough night at the ballpark as we welcome you into Marlins Rewind. Steven Strom here. Marlins lose 9-4 to the San Diego Padres. Padres score 2 in the 7th, 5 in the ninth. But as always, for the recap, here's your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Now the Marlins return back home tonight for their first of three in a nine-game homestand against the San Diego Padres, and they had a uh, a lead for a good chunk of this ball game. They led for two-thirds of this ball game tonight, but the San Diego Padres score seven runs in the final three trips to the plate tonight, and the Marlins get upended by the San Diego Padres nine to four in Game One of this three-game series here at Lone Depot Park this week. This is the 10th Inning Show. Thank you for joining us tonight and making us a part of your Tuesday night, wherever you might be and however you might be listening. Uh, recapping this ball game for you tonight, I think immediately you got to go to the mound. Sandy Alcantara uh, really struggled again. Sandy has not been right this season. A couple of really good starts. His second one against the Twins when he twirled that complete game shutout was phenomenal. But uh, you hope everything's okay with Sandy. But Alcantara tonight, six and a third innings. Allowed four runs, all earned, five hits, five walks, three strikeouts. Alcantara's ERA continues to climb uh, after this ball game here tonight. Sandy came into the ball game with a 486 ERA. He leaves its 493. So uh, that ERA for Sandy Alcantara just continues to uh, head north, which is the wrong direction for a guy that was the National League Cy Young Award winner um, last season. Just a very tough night for the Marlins in the field as well. They uh, commit a season-high tying three errors. Nick Fortes and Jacob Stallings both made costly errors. John Birdie also committed a two-base error. We'll have that highlight for you coming up at the top of the ninth inning. Uh, but the Marlins had a 3-1 lead in this ballgame. They had a 4-2 lead. Padres tied it at 4-4 in the seventh before uh, they totally hammered away at the Marlins on the top of the ninth inning. In this ball game here tonight, Marlins came in 28-26, two games over 500 this late in the season for the first time since 2017. The reeling San Diego Padres, five games under 500, now pulled back to within four games of 500 at 25 and 29. And at the one third of the season mark for the Marlins coming into this ball game here tonight, they had a had a 30% chance, they say, of making the playoffs and. Uh, we're not going to get two down after one ball game, but boy, this felt like a very winnable ball game for the Marlins. Sandy needed to be a little bit better, and the Marlins had to be much better in the field defensively. They were not in that department, and they left way too many opportunities on the bases and at the plate tonight as well. So uh, let's take a look at the highlights from this ball game tonight. Ryan Weathers, the lefty, took the ball for the San Diego Padres, and the Marlins scored first in the bottom of the third inning. A couple of the guys on base, Garrett Cooper at the plate. Here's a swing and a line drive into left field. The base hit for Garrett Cooper. Flying around third, De La Cruz. Throw comes in towards the plate. Catching the tag. It's not in time. Garrett Cooper's two-out base knock. Here in the bottom of the third inning has staked the Marlins to a 1-0 lead.
Pitch the Carpenters lined into right field. That's a base hit chasing the baseball. Solaric gets by him. It goes to the wall. Odor is flying. He hits the bag at third. He's going to score easily. And the Carpenter RBI double here in the fourth inning has tied this ball game at one. So 1-1 one, one going to the bottom of the fourth inning tonight. Weathers is still out there for the Padres. Brian De La Cruz came to the plate with two outs in the fourth inning with a man on base. Here's a swing and a high drive. Hit deep left field. See you later. The Marlins take a 3-1 lead here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Brian De La Cruz out of the leadoff spot. Goes deep for the seventh time this season. Now, so the Marlins with a nice little lead about halfway home here tonight, but Juan Soto would pull and draw the Padres closer with two outs in the fifth. Doesn't have to pitch to Soto, but Bogarts is on deck, and he always presents a problem. Here's a swing and a line drive into right field. That's a base hit. The error is going to come back to hurt the Marlins. May not have mattered anyway with the stolen base by Kim, but a two-out RBI single here for Juan Soto has made this a 3-2 ball game here in the fifth. So 3-2 to two after 5. It would stay that way until the bottom of the 6th. Then Ty Hill was on for the San Diego Padres. Tapia started the 6th inning, but Hill came on. With the bases loaded and with nobody out, Brian De La Cruz at the plate in the 6th. So runners in scoring position for De La Cruz. The 2-2 pitch. Here's a ground ball. Hit through the right side. The base hit. It's a big night for Brian De La Cruz. Everybody will go station to station. John Birdie scores. The Marlins have a 4-2 lead. And this was really the turning point in the ball game. Marlins get a run home. Bases were still loaded. Nobody out in the sixth inning. Hill strikes out. Solaire for out number one. Then Luis Arise grounded into a 6-4-3 double play. And at least for me, that was the difference maker in this ball game here tonight. So 4-2 to two going to the top of the seventh inning. Uh, let's see here. Top of the seventh. Sandy Alcantara was still in for the Marlins. He walked Trent Grisham. He walked Ha Sung Kim. He then got Jake Cronenworth the line out to center field. And that was before Fernando Tatis Jr. came to the plate. If this is potentially the last batter, for Alcantara. Scott is up. Lefty on deck. Here's a ground ball hit through the left side. That's going to be a base knock. Grisham's going to get the wave from Williams at third. Here comes a throw in towards the play. A catch and a tag. It's not in time. Grisham goes in head first across the plate just in front of the tag by Jacob Stallings. And now this is a 4-3 to three game here at the top of the seventh inning. And that was it for Sandy Alcantara. Tanner Scott came in and he had the delightful pleasure of facing Juan Soto. Scott steps off the mound. Now he engages the rubber. Clock ticks down to 13, first and second. The 0-2 pitch is lined into shallow center field. And the base knock. This is going to tie the game. Tatis is flying. He's going to go to third. Juan Soto has tied this game at four in the top of the seventh inning. That's too good. Scott steps off the mound. Now, And so it was 4-4 after seven. Neither side could get a run in the eighth. Andrew Nardi and JT Shagwa. Kept things in check in the eighth inning for the Marlins. We went to the top of the ninth. Dylan Floro came on to pitch the ninth inning for the Marlins and uh, tried to send this thing to the bottom of the ninth inning in a tie ball game. Problem was that Dylan Floro on a very close 3-2 pitch walked Fernando Tatis Jr. He then, Tatis, I'm talking about, stole second and on the process of stealing second went to third base on an E2. He was at third base with nobody out. Juan Soto was intentionally walked, and that brought Xander Bogarts to the plate. Two pitches hit on the ground into center field. The base hit. Soto's going to go first to third. Tatis is going to score. 
Everybody's going to swap positions on the diamond for the Padres, and they've got a 5-4 to four lead here in the ninth. Uh, made it 5-4. to four. That would be plenty tonight. The next man to bat was Rugnet Odor. Segura halfway at third. The pitch is dribbled over the head of Floro. Here comes Soto. Throw comes into the plate. It goes to the backstop. Terrible throw by John Birdie. One run's going to score. Going to third base is Xander Bogarts. Going all the way down to second base is Rugnet Odor. And the Padres lead 6-4. And following Odor, making a big ninth inning, even bigger for the Padres, was Matt Carpenter. Here's a swing of a line drive hit down the right field line. We got all sorts of problems here in Miami. Bogarts is going to score from third. Odor is going to score from second. Matt Carpenter has a two-run double. Padres have opened this baby wide up here for the ninth inning. They lead 8-4. to four. The Padres would get one more run. That was it for Dylan Floro. Brian Hoeing, a lot of sacrifice. Fly to Ha-Sung Kim. The Padres scored five runs on three hits and error. One man left on at the top of the ninth inning. Brent Honeywell came on in the ninth inning, allowed a leadoff single to Luis Arise before he struck out Cooper. Got Gurriel the pop out to Kim at third. Then he struck out Gene Segura to end this ball game here in Miami tonight. So for the Padres, in their winning effort, nine runs, 11 hits, an error, 10 men left on base. And for the Marlins, four runs, 10 hits, three errors, 11 men left on base. Nick Martinez, your winner, he's 3-2. and two. Dylan Floro is your loser, he is 3-3. Three and three. Total time of the game, three hours and 21 minutes in front of a nice crowd of 11,930 on this Tuesday night in Miami. With the victorious effort, the Padres are now 25 and 29, and with the setback, the Marlins are 28 and 27. For the Marlins pitching staff tonight, they strike out 8. That means that $200 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, 25 bucks will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. All right, Kyle, thank you very much. Let's head down and listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say following the 9-4 loss to the Padres. Skip, uh, seven walks, six of them scored, three errors there. What would you say ultimately just decided this game? Yeah, all the leadoff walks scored. Uh, some stolen base stuff that we got to clean up. Um, you know, just kind of self-inflicted wounds right there. So that was a tough one. We had a chance to break it open a few times as well. A lot of guys on with the uh, right guys up and just couldn't break through. And uh, I think that was kind of the story of the game, you know, on both sides. For Sandy, it seemed like he was cruising there through the first six and then in the seventh started dealing with those issues. Is there anything you could particularly pinpoint when it came to the walks with him? Was it mechanical, maybe mental? Yeah, I'll have to take a look at the video. We'll have to look at it uh, tomorrow and uh, kind of pinpoint, um, you know, some of that stuff. But, yeah, I just the, the leadoff walks are going to cost you. I mean, that's we talk about that all the time and um, as a group, and it just kind of happened tonight. Despite his pitch count being manageable, I think it was at 78. Was there a discussion of possibly taking him out after six? Or Not at 78 pitches. I mean, he's he was cruising. He's throwing really well, um, kept guys off balance. It's just the, the leadoff walk and uh, leadoff walks, I should say, and, um, and stolen bases. So, you know, those on top are, you know, it's almost like a walk. It turns into a double um, with a couple of the guys. And, um, again, some self-inflicted wounds, some errors. Uh, late in the game and uh, kind of cost us late. How do you go about improving controlling the run game? I mean, you know, it was five stolen bases and a couple of Carroll Harris got guys to third, getting guys to third. Just what, what are you guys able to do to try to? Well, the, the, the times of the plate just have to be faster. I, I, you know, if we're getting, you know, one five, one six is the plate as a group. A lot of guys, it wasn't just Sandy, and, um, you know, we got exposed. Um, and, you know, the, the throwing errors uh, to second, you know, where, you know, the guys are taught to hold on to the bag and, and try to do the best you can to pick and rely on the guy behind you to, to back you up. And 
um, and that just you know ricocheted a little bit differently and uh, kind of deadened the ball with some tips off the glove and um, you know with Tatis's speed they were able to get to third but yeah just we got to we got to quicken up the times I know the the new rules of just picking once is um, definitely a thing but or picking over three times is a thing um, but you know we got to figure out the times to the plate it's, it's just got to be better. Uh, Floro what did you see there from him in the ninth and what was sort of happening when he got when after he was leaving I think they ended up ejecting him after after you took him out? A leadoff walk. I mean, again, leadoff walk, stolen base. Uh, those things are going to happen. Um, you know, again, we just got to gotta figure out not to – they know. It's not like – they don't know. They, they know not to walk the leadoff guy. It's just uh, just happened a few times tonight, and it cost us. He thought – I'm assuming he thought the ball, the Tatis, was a strike um, and, you know, decided to, you know, let him, let him know about it. Um, probably some frustration. That, that's probably what it was. Had to be pretty happy with Brian in the one hole. Dela Cruz did a great job. I mean, we had we had guys on all night. Uh, Dela Cruz was really really good. Um, we threw him up there because he's been hitting the ball really well. We wanted him up there that the a lot of time, a lot more times than maybe in the five hole, right? So he got that extra bat against um, a lefty in Weathers and um, ended up producing. Didn't matter who was uh, on the mound. So, yeah, it, again, we had bases loaded, no outs. Um, would have been nice to get a couple right there. We've had runners in scoring position, uh, you know, multiple innings and just couldn't cash in and felt like we could have break, broke that game open and um, just didn't happen. Three more ground ball double plays today. I think you guys are up to almost 60 already on the season. I know it's a lot of guys who are more ground ball hitter, contact hitter, just but how, what's the give and take with? With the with the double play balls, to what do you want me to say? You want me to tell you not to hit him in double plays? I mean, it's it's just it's what's happening right now, and uh, you guys are hitting ground balls, and there's some guys that are um, you know making good pitches at the right time. We've also went out of the zone a few times in in those uh, at bats where guys are in scoring position, and maybe we lay off some of the pitches that are you know off in or whatever it is, and maybe some weak contact. Um, a lot of ground balls are weak contact, and so you know off the barrel at times and that usually is outside of the zone but you're not gonna the guys know they don't, they don't want to hit in double play you know it's just it's just you, it's not really a discussion of like stop hitting in double plays it's just it's what's happening right now and we just got to stay inside the strike zone and um good things happen it's good. Uh, i know you didn't talk with uh, sandy because he had 77 pitches and he looks good but i just want to know till what point you can get confident with your with your side John when he's struggling the four time um, facing the bats with all the teams well you you watch it and you look and you see what happened that inning before the inning before that I think the maybe the first couple innings is when he had the largest pitch count right and then it started cruising and so then he had 70 plus pitches in the sixth if those 20 plus pitches were in the fifth and sixth inning, then you might have a conversation of like, you know, he's really digging in and grinding in those last couple innings. Maybe it's time to get somebody going. But those last three innings felt like he was really cruising. Um, and I hate to say it like that, but it just felt like that was Sandy. Um, so then you think about, you know, their part of the lineup. Yes, a fourth time through. You have Sandy on the mount, um, and you still feel really confident. And you watch the velo; it's still 98, and um, you felt like he was going to be the guy to, to get to Tatis. And then we had um, Scott there at uh, for Soto, had him 0-2, um, and you know he 
got it got to a slider and uh, you know tied the game so we felt we had the the right lane the right matchup of where we wanted to get to um, you know just didn't work out and then you know that ninth inning was you know tough to come back from thanks yep all right, that was Skip Schumacher. Sandy Alcantara, he goes six and a third, five hits, four runs. Let's hear what Sandy had to say following the no decision, but the loss to the Padres, nine to four. Sandy, you seem to really settle in there through the fourth, fifth, sixth. You were really cruising. Can you pinpoint what you think was going on there in the seventh? Was it more mechanical, maybe mentals or anything that, that you saw? Uh, first, I want to say thanks, God, for giving me hope to in the game. I don't know. I think uh, the walk cost me everything tonight. You know what I mean? So next time I got to make sure that I don't have to walk anymore. Did you feel like your mechanics started to change a little in the seventh, um, which maybe have led to some of those walks? I mean, I think I think so, you know, because when Mel come come to me, you know, he said, you dropped your arm a little bit. So, but, you know, I got to make sure I, I got to be right next time. So, I mean, tomorrow is the new day. Just that I came here and support my team and win the game tomorrow. What were your thoughts on how you were performing there prior to the seventh? Um, everything was good, you know, till I get to the seventh, you know, I mean, just get in trouble over there. And that's part of the game, you know, get it. You talked about the arm dropping and the mechanic. How do you find ways to adjust it and try to get right inside during the start? What are you able to do to try to, try to right the shit mid-game? You know, I mean, be consistent, you know, since the first inning. So, I mean, try to, to do the same with my mechanic, you know, and, you know, next time, don't let that happen to me again. Just, Sandy, what's the level of frustration now going into June and just not really finding your groove, knowing what you're capable of? I mean, I'm very frustrated, you know, very, very, very. So, I mean, but I mean, that's part of the game. So, last year, everybody was talking a lot of great things about me. So, but I get it. You know, I mean, this year, I mean, getting show a lot. So it's something that, that I don't want to be perfect. So and I just want to be able to compete, and that's not happened to me. Thank you, Sandy. All right, we are right back at it at 640 first pitch from Lone Depot Park, which means I've got Marlins on deck at 610. We hope you can join us. Let's get this thing going. Nine games on this homestand, one down, eight to go. Thanks for rewinding with us. Let's flip the M together, Miami. This is the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.